Hey there, I'm Adam Demetrician, the lead pastor at Pathways Church in Appleton, Wisconsin. And this is our podcast. I hope this message inspires you, feeds your faith, and ultimately leads you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Good morning, church. How y'all doing today? Awesome. I hope you guys are ready to receive the word of God today. I've been charged with the task of finishing this series that we've been in called The Best Chapter Ever. So today I'm going to be sharing with you one of my favorite passages in the Bible, as well as teaching us another Bible study method, okay? If you're joining us for the first time in the series, that's what makes this series unique. Not only have we been sharing truth from God's Word, but we've also been sharing different Bible study methods. So we've been doing this the entire series, all with the purpose of helping you with your own personal study of God's Word. Now, before we jump into the passage today in our Bible study method, I want to start off by just clearing up three misconceptions that we may have about studying God's Word. Now, the reason why I want to start here is because if we're not careful, these three misconceptions can lead us to undervalue what we've been given in the series thus far. And what I believe God has given me today to give to you, if we don't put the right value on this, we may not use it to our advantage the way that God is calling us to. So I don't want us to fall into that trap. So let's clear up these three misconceptions first. Misconception one is that reading the Bible and studying the Bible is the same thing. Well, yes and no. Now, obviously, when you study the Bible, you have to read it. But there is such a thing as just casually reading the Bible. And though there is power in that and there is value in that, Studying the Bible is a whole nother level. There's a few things that need to be in play for your casual reading to move into the realm of study. See, when you study the Bible, yes, you're reading it, but you're also asking questions. You're also making observations. You're taking notes. You're writing down application points. And I know what you might be thinking, like, really, DeRay, I haven't taken notes since I was in school. And see, that's the problem right there. That's the problem. You know the saying that uh, you're leaving money on the table? Now, I don't know what you might be thinking about. If you're thinking about a bank heist, you you just watch way too much movies, okay? (laughs) But that saying basically means you're not making as much money as you could. You're not taking advantage of, of the opportunity in the way that you could. Now, some of you may not be leaving money on the table, but you're leaving progress on the table. You're leaving spiritual growth on the table. Now, you have to understand that both uh, casual reading and a more in-depth study of God's Word, they both have the potential to grow your relationship with God. But when you study the Bible, you're putting yourself in the position to understand God and the things of God in a greater way, which in turn can translate to a deeper relationship with God. But see, some of us get caught in that second misconception, which is that Reading the Bible is for the congregants, but studying the Bible is for the pastor. Yeah, I caught some of y'all in that one. Some of you might be thinking, yeah, DeRay, you got to study the Bible because you got to teach it. Yeah, Pastor Adam, he better study the Bible. He's the lead pastor. He's got to bring the word just about every Sunday. But the reality is, is that studying the Bible is not just for the pastor. It's for the believer. Though you may never be given a microphone... You you may never be asked to come on stage. We are all witnesses of Jesus. If we're believers, we're supposed to preach the gospel first through our lives. And studying the Bible 
equips us for that. And that brings me to our, our third misconception, which is that in order to study the Bible, you have to make a large investment in study tools. And that's not true. You don't have to make a large investment in study tools in order to study the Bible. You don't have to have a bookshelf like this. This is Pastor Adam's bookshelf in his office. See, he's got about four shelves dedicated to study tools. He's just an overachiever. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Clearly, he takes his job seriously. He takes the calling that God has put on his life seriously. He loves to read, but you don't have to have a bookshelf like that in order to study God's word. There are, there are Bible study methods out there that don't require study tools. Like we talked about SOAP at the beginning of the series. It, it's an acronym. It stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And that study method doesn't require any tools. So you don't need to make a large investment in study tools to be able to study the Bible, but there are tools out there that make studying the Bible easier. Let me tell you about the two tools that I used in preparation for today's message. I used a Bible dictionary and a topical Bible. Now, a Bible dictionary explains the many words and topics and customs and traditions in the Bible. A topical Bible categorizes the verses in the Bible by topics. Now, I did not own these two tools prior to preparing for this message, but as I was gearing up for it, it was approaching Father's Day, so I asked my wife and my daughter to, say, to, to get these two tools for me for Father's Day. So shout out to my lovely wife and my amazing daughter for getting me these two tools for Father's Day. Now, let's, pray, let's play the prices right really quick. How much do you think they invested in these two tools? Who's going to be my contestant today? Who's going to... 60 bucks. Let me get another one. Who? What you? $70. Someone on this side. What did you say? $1. All right. Whoever said 30 bucks is the closest. All right. So both of these tools together was $40. That's $20 each. Okay. Now I know that's like a quarter tank of gas nowadays, but that's, that was a good investment into my spiritual growth. Now, I learned about these two tools through the book that we've been talking about this entire series, Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. This book is only $16 on Amazon. And if you're in the room today, you should have found a brochure, a brochure on your chair, and on the back of that brochure is the QR code. So you can scan that QR code. It will take you directly to the link if you're interested in investing in this tool. And if you're watching online, the QR code is on the screen. Feel free to scan it. Now let's talk about our Bible study method. Today we're going to be doing the verse-by-verse -verse Bible study method. And what I love about this Bible study method is that it's flexible, okay? You can do it when you don't have a lot of time, but, but it can also very easily become a more in-depth study. It can be expanded and become a little bit more deeper, okay? So let's look at our steps for this method. So step one is to write out a personal paraphrase. Step two is to list questions, answers, and observations. Step three is to find some cross-references for each verse. And step four is to record any insights you get from each verse. And step five is to write out a personal application for each verse. Now, so you're about to see how I worked this method, this method to study the passage today. So what's our passage? I thought for sure, church, we were going to be in Romans chapter eight because 
In Romans chapter eight, I find my favorite verse. It's verse 28. It says, all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's my favorite verse. But as I started to prepare more for the message, God took me a different direction and reminded me of another verse that's important to me as well, that's really dear to my heart. I use this verse just about every day to beat the devil upside his head, okay? This is the verse I use just about every day to bust his head in, okay? Is it okay that I say that? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if you're not busting the devil's head in every day, he might be busting your head in, okay? Was that, was that, too, that, was, was that too real for y'all? Don't worry, Pastor Adam will be back next week. <laughs> Everything will go back to normal, okay? We will not be in Romans 8 today. We will be in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 16 and 17, okay? Verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. All right, so let's, let's do the verse by verse method with this passage. We're gonna do uh, Galatians 5.16 only. Now, what I loved about the book is that with each study method, it provided a form to kind of help you work the method. So this is what the form looks like for the verse by verse uh, study method. So the first column is for the verse, and we've already read Galatians 5 and 16. Now the next column is the personal paraphrase, and this is what I wrote down for my personal paraphrase. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not be overcome by your fleshly desires. So that's how I paraphrase that verse. Now the next column is for Q&A, for your questions and your answers. And so when I was reading the text, three questions came to mind. Question one was, why walking? Like, why did Paul say walk by the Spirit instead of stand by the Spirit or live by the Spirit? Question two, what or who is the Spirit? And question three, what is the flesh? Now, after you make your questions, it's okay to begin to answer those questions based upon what you already know. And that's what I did. I started to answer the questions based on what I already knew. So uh, answer one, I started to reflect about walking. Like, what do I know about walking? Walking is fundamental. It's one of the first major milestones of a child. Most babies walk before they talk. Our bodies are designed to move. Now, some of us can move better than others, but <laughs> our bodies are designed to move. And as we age, one of the first things that decline is our mobility. So walking is fundamental. And I started to apply this to the passage. And what I realized is that walking by the Spirit is fundamental to being a believer. It's, it's a fundamental part of the life of a believer. We have to learn how to walk by the Spirit. Walking implies movement. So when it, when it, when it comes to our relationship with God, we're not supposed to be stuck. We're not supposed to be stagnant. We should be constantly growing. We should be in pursuit of God, in pursuit of his, the purpose that he's given us in our lives. So walking is fundamental and walking implies movement. Now, answer number two for question number two was, was fairly easy because in the Bible, when it's talking about the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, it will capitalize the S. And then in other passages, when it might be talking about the spirit of man or an evil spirit, that S won't be capitalized. So in this particular scripture, Galatians 5.16, it's talking about the Spirit of God. So it's saying, walk by the Spirit of God. 
Now, question number three, answer number three, at this point, I was like, okay, I got these Bible study tools. I'm ready to try them out. Let's, let's see what I can do. So I grabbed my uh, Bible dictionary, and I looked up the word flesh. Now, there were several pages that was dedicated to understanding the different contexts of the word flesh in the Bible. And after I re read through these sections, I realized that there were three common contexts for the word flesh. And the, the page we're looking at right now is the beginning of the Old Testament section. That's why it says OT words. And the word in the Old Testament is bazaar. And if we look a couple lines down, we'll see the first context that you, can, that you find the word flesh used in the Bible. It says the dominant literal sense of bazaar refers to human flesh, physical body, body tissue. So an example of this would be Genesis chapter 2, when, when Adam said Eve was bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He's talking about physical body, body tissue. Now, another common context for flesh is flesh as in human being. So when in uh, 1 John, not 1 John, John chapter 1, it says that Jesus is the word made flesh. So it's saying Jesus became a human being. And the last context is flesh as in sinful nature. And that's what Paul is talking about here in Galatians chapter 5. So let's move on to our cross references. That's the next column on our verse by verse form. So this is where you look up your cross references. So for this, I grabbed my topical Bible. Remember, the topical Bible organizes the verses by topic. So what I did was I looked up walking. And you'll see in the bold, it says, with God, a godly lifestyle. And below that, it says, according to his commandments. And then it has some parentheses. In the parentheses, it's giving you scripture references for walking according to his commandments. Now, that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for something to do with the flesh and the spirit. So if you drop down a couple more lines, you'll see not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then the scripture references are Romans chapter 8 and Galatians 5.16. Now, Galatians 5.16 is already our verse. So let's look at what Romans 8 says. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, therefore... There is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, church, when I read this, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like, what are we talking about here, God? Like, uh, law of sin and death, law of the spirit, condemnation, like, what's really going on here, right? So, and that brings me to my next point, like, don't be afraid to use other translations to help you understand what you're studying. Like, let's, let's not pretend that the Bible is like reading a comic book. It, it can be hard to read sometimes in, in different places, especially if you're a new believer or you're not accustomed to some of the, uh, the, the traditions and the words in the Bible, it can be a hard read. So another translation may help you understand better. So today I've been reading out of the uh, New American Standard Bible, and that's my favorite translation because it is the translation that is closest to the original text. 
but it can be hard to read sometimes. Now, it's not as hard as the King James. It's not the thou's and the thy's and the this's. It's not quite that hard, but it, it can be a little hard today. Uh, it can be a little bit hard to read sometimes. Now, another translation that's a little bit easier to read is the NIV. Pastor Adam, he loves to teach from the NIV for that very reason. Now, when I needed to understand this in a, in a better way, I actually went to a translation called the Amplified. And this is what the Amplified is designed to do. It says, it amplifies the text by using additional wording and a system of punctuations and other typographical features to attempt to bring out a clearer meaning to the original text. So let's look at Romans 8, uh, verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Now, notice what it's doing in the brackets, right? It's adding words to kind of help give clarity to the scripture. Now, uh, verse two says, for the law of the spirit of, of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that is overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by worldliness and our sinful nature, but live our lives in the ways of the spirit, guided by his power. Now, when I read that church, I was like, okay, all right. I, can, I understand that better. I understand that better. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm ready to write my insight. That's the next column where you put your insight. And this is what I wrote for my insight. Jesus took our sin, defeated sin and death, and gave us his righteousness. Now, the requirement of the law is fulfilled by walking by the Spirit. And our final column in this form is the personal application. So how does this uh, apply to your life. So what I wrote down is I need to remember what God has done through Jesus and respond by loving God and living by his spirit. So there it is, church, a verse-by-verse -verse study of Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now, to finish the message today, I want to share with you an illustration to help just kind of visualize uh, Galatians 5, 16, and 17. And, and for this illustration, I actually need some help. I need three volunteers. I need three men. If you're okay with that, just raise your hand, and I'll point you out, and I'm going to have you come on stage with me. So don't be scared. Don't be scared. I need three, three men, three volunteers. All right, Justin, you're right there in the back. You can come on up. I need one more. All right, back there. Y'all give it up for our, 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 our volunteers that come to the stage. So again, this illustration is just going to help us better understand. <laughs> I need a new volunteer. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So uh, you're going to come here. You're going to stand right here. Uh, come take a step forward. Um, Justin. James. Okay. All right, so right now, 
we're on camera two. And from this perspective, you gotta look straight, bro. I see you, I see you doing this. Man, one more and I'm getting to me another volunteer, man. <laughs> from this perspective, it's hard to tell that there's three people. But when you change your perspective, give me camera one, now you can see that there's three people. Now, these three men represent you in your entirety because the Bible teaches us that we have three parts to us, spirit, soul, and body. Now, if I had a lot of time, I would show you several passages, but I do want to show you two today. The first one is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Let's look at what it says. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there it is, a, a passage that acknowledges spirit, soul, and body. Now, I think that being cognizant of this, give me camera two again, being cognizant of the fact that there is more to you than just what people see on the outside, I believe that being cognizant of that is a key part in walking by the spirit, changing your perspective, give me one, and realizing that there's three parts to you, all right? Now I'm gonna change the orientation a little bit. You're gonna stay here. Uh, Justin, you come to the, Justin, you come to the right. My right? My right, I'm so sorry, my right. James, and you come to the left. All right, you stand right there. All right, James, you're gonna put this on. You're gonna put this, what's your name? Michael. Michael, Thanks, give it up for Michael. <laughs> Justin. Your head can fit in there, bro? Yeah. All right, good, 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 good. Yours can't, Mike. <laughs> uh, so James represents the spirit, Michael's soul, just in the flesh, all right? Now, the spirit God gave us so we can be alive. The Bible says that without the spirit, the body is dead. God also gave us a spirit to connect to him because he is a spirit, so we connect to him spirit to spirit. And when God comes into our life, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit indwells us. He indwells our spirit, okay? Now, we're going to skip the soul for just a second. Here's the flesh. This is our sinful nature. As long as you have a body, you will have a sinful nature. Even if you come to the Lord and accept him as Lord and Savior, your sinful nature doesn't go away. But as you grow in your faith, you learn how to subdue this sinful nature. Now the soul, the soul is your mind, emotion, and will. It is who you are. That's why Matthew 8.36 says, what good is it for a man to gain the world, but in the end lose his soul? That's why as believers, we're supposed to be winning souls to the Lord. So the soul is who you are. All right? Now, Ecclesiastic says something very interesting. Let's read it really quick. Uh, chapter 12, it says, Remember your creator before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the spring is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Now, basically, Solomon is giving us metaphors to represent death. And he's saying, remember your creator before you die. Now, let's look at verse 7. It says, then the dust will return to the earth as it was. Right there, it's talking about the body, the flesh, because we were formed from the ground, and when we die, our bodies decay, 
and they go back to the earth. Now, the second part of this says, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. So the spirit will return to God who gave it. Now, the question that follows is, where's your soul going to go? Now, that's up to you. Will you spend eternity with God or will you spend eternity in hell? Now, this message isn't really about heaven and hell, but I, I needed to show you this verse to continue to build the case that we are one, but we have three parts. Now, let's look at Galatians 5.17. That was the, the, the verse we were studying today. It says, for the desires of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So the scripture is acknowledging that these two are against each other. They're in opposition to each other. They will never agree. They are at war with each other. They're at, they, they're at conflict with each other. And what are they fighting over? They're fighting over the soul because the soul is the place of decision. Y'all just go ahead and pull on him a little bit. Just kind of, yeah, just, up, bro. just pull on him. Just pull on him. A, exactly. They're fighting over the soul because the soul is the place of decision. So the spirit is a place of influence. The flesh is a place of influence, but this is the place of decision, and they're at war with each other. They're at war with each other over the soul, okay? Now, I'm going to give you a practical example of how this may play out in your life. I can only give you one today. I'm going to give you an example from the workplace, okay? And fellows, what I'm going to need you to do is when I walk this way, I'm going to need you guys to follow me in a straight line, okay, in line with each other, all right? So let's, that's what I need you guys to do. So just follow me as I'm walking, all right? And more specifically, when I walk like this, when I do the pointing, all right? Because I know you like detail-oriented. You like, I take a step, you about to be moving with me. All right. So here's an application. Uh, here's an example from the workplace, okay? Let's say your boss said last week, I got an assignment for you, and I need it on, your, on my desk next week, Wednesday, okay? And let's say it's Monday, and you haven't even started the assignment. She laughed like, oh, that sounds like me. Um, uh, now, your boss never, never checks on you, never comes checks on you, never knocks on the door and says, how are you doing? But today, on Monday, he decides to come check on you, say, hey, how are you doing? And he happens to ask you, how is the assignment going? Now, your flesh might just say, hey, just go ahead and lie. You got today and tomorrow to finish it. Just go ahead and tell a lie. Now, if you actually decide on that, what you're doing is walking by the flesh. You're letting the flesh take the lead. Okay? Now, let's go back center stage. You guys are doing great. Now, the spirit is always going to try to lead you in a way that's pleasing to God. So your spirit might just say, hey, just be honest, okay? Just tell them the truth. So you might say, hey, boss, to be honest, I haven't, tried, I haven't started it yet, but I haven't forgotten, and you'll have it on your desk on Wednesday. See, in that case, you have decided to respond in a way that's going to be pleasing with God. So what you're doing is walking by the Spirit. You're letting the Spirit take the lead. All right, let's go back center stage. <laughs> Now, the question that follows is, what part of you is going to have the greater influence? Is the spirit going to have the greater influence 
or the flesh going to have the greater influence? Let me answer that question for you. It's the part of you that you feed the most. If you're always walking in the flesh, always giving into the sinful desires of the flesh, this part of you will be stronger. It will have the greater influence in your life. What's going on here? There's a lot of laughter going in. I'm not making a joke. He fucks his All right, let's go back center stage. But if you walk in the spirit more, if you're, if you're deciding more on the things of God and the ways of God, this part of you will be stronger. Now, notice that uh, I'm a little bit bigger than my brother here, James, right? Believe it or not, we got the same muscles. He's got hamstrings. He's got uh, uh, biceps, triceps. The only difference is I eat, I probably eat more than him. I probably exercise more than him. And because of that, you know, I got a little bit more, uh, right? <laughs> right? It's the same thing in the spiritual. It's the, it's the part of you that you, you feed the most, you work the most. That's the part of you that's going to be stronger. We good, bro? We good? All right. So come back center stage. Come back center stage. See, when you walk in the spirit more, you're exercising that part of you more. You, with the help of the Holy Spirit, begin to subdue the flesh. So you two are going to work together and just wrap Justin up real good. I mean, wrap him up real good. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Yeah, that's 50 feet of rope. Use all 50 of it. I'll just, just wrap them up real good. Now, remember, this is the passage that I said that I use this every day to beat the devil upside the head. And how I do that is when I'm faced with temptation, I stand on this scripture. I love this scripture because it encompasses everything. It's, it's so encompassing. I just love it. So I stand on it. And when I do that, I'm putting the devil on notice. I'm reminding myself of what God has said. And I'm also showing the Lord that I really believe in him. I'm standing on his word and I'm deciding in a way that pleases him. Y'all got him? Mm -hmm. so, so spirit, come back on this side. So now when I'm walking by the spirit, come on. You see? The flesh is subdued, you know, he's just got to hop, 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 hop. Now, he might be able to get a word out, but, you know, he's subdued for the most part because we have walked more in the spirit. And in the process of doing that, you will subdue the flesh. Okay, let's come back to center stage. Under. <laughs> let's look at Galatians 5.16. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Notice that it did not say, uh, do not walk by the flesh and you will carry out the desires of the spirit. I basically just said the same thing in a different way, right? Notice that it didn't say that. It said walk by the spirit. When you study the scriptures, there is more emphasis on walking by the spirit because once you do that, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You can't do both. So focus your energy on this because when you do this, that won't happen. Are you seeing that? Amen. Amen. All right, y'all give it up for our volunteers today. Great representation. 
So to wrap up, church, I wanna just give you five application points. We were in Galatians 5 today. I got five application points for you, okay? The first is to be aware of the war. Don't just, don't just forget that, uh, or rather, don't forget that there's more to you than what people see on the outside. There's three parts to you, and, the, and there's two parts of that that's at war with each other. So be aware of that. Be cognizant of that. Now, uh, application point two is to focus on walking by the Spirit. As I just went over, when you walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You can't do both. So put your energy into walking by the Spirit. Put your energy into deciding in a way that is pleasing to God, surrendering your, your life and your will to His ways and His Word. Now these last three application points are regarding your personal study. Applica application point three is to schedule your Bible study. Now, don't overdo it, but don't shortchange yourself. The reality is if you don't schedule it, you may not make time for it. So put, a, uh, put together a healthy rhythm of studying God's word in your life. Not just casually reading it, but really studying it. And remember, when you study, you're gonna ask questions. You're gonna make observations. You're gonna take notes. You're gonna write down application points. And that, and that takes me to our fourth, fourth point, which is to keep a notebook. Composition notebook, spiral notebook, any kind of notebook. Just get you a notebook and begin using it. Writing down what the Lord is showing you. Writing down what you, what you learned. And the last application point is to spend time, a short time in prayer before each study. So don't just go into the Bible just uh, looking uh, for application and looking for revelation, but spend some time with the revealer. Before you study, spend some time in prayer. Ask God to open up the eyes of your understanding. If you're not sure what to study, ask him to impress something on your heart. All with the purpose of growing in your relationship with God. It's not, it's not just about head knowledge, increasing in, in knowledge, but it's, it's studying the word with your heart and growing closer to God. Now, I don't know about you, church, but... Uh, this message blessed me. Every time, I feel like every time I, I get an opportunity to teach, there's something in there that just really resonates in my own personal life. And so I'm looking forward to leveling up, to taking my relationship with God to a whole nother level. I can do a better job scheduling my studies. I don't want to be the, 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 the person that only really digs deep when it's time to prepare for a message. I want to create a rhythm in my life where I'm studying the Bible beyond preparing for a message. And so if you're in here today and you're going to level up and you're going to take your study to a whole nother level, 
and you're going to be more intentional about walking by the Spirit, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today. In a moment, we're going to pray together. But before I do, I, I know that there may, people, may be people in here and watching online that may not have done the first step, which is to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you're in here today, I want to pray with you and for you. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are still holding on to your sin. And in time, that sin will eternally separate you from God and his love. But why let it come down to that when God made a move, an awesome move. He sent his son to die for all of our sins, to reconcile us back to God so that we can put on his righteousness. So when God looks at us, he doesn't just seize our imperfection, he sees us through the finished work and the perfect work of the cross. So if you're in here today, I wanna to pray for you. I wanna know who I'm praying for. I want you to boldly just lift your hands. If you need to make a decision to accept Jesus today, please lift your hands. I wanna know who I'm praying for. If you're online, you can put it in the chat. I see your hands. I see your hand. Anybody else making a decision to accept Jesus as Lord today for the first time? Maybe you're in here and you already know the Lord, but you need to kind of rededicate. You kind of fell off track. If that's you, I want to pray for you too. Go ahead and lift your hands. It's okay. We got hands going up. Amen, amen, amen. Church, can we just, we normally celebrate after we pray, but can we just celebrate the hands that have gone up today? Yes. Yes. And now church, let's pray together as a church family in support of those making a decision for the first time or rededicating their lives to Jesus today. Please repeat after me. Lord, I thank you for the work of the cross. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I am in need of a savior. Today, I turn away from my sins. I accept your love. I accept your gift. And from this, this day forward, I will never be the same again. From this day forward, I will grow in my relationship with you and I will grow to become the person you're calling me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I bless these people that are in here today. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good place to clap. That's a good place to clap. Amen, amen, amen.